A long time ago, the Earth fell into chaos and four brave explorers went out for a quest in search of secret jewels that would revive their land. They searched high and low for adventure, Whoa. culture, wow. history, Ooh, interesting. and food. Mm. And with each element, their people got happier, healthier, and more relaxed. Now, they bring their stories to you. Join them on your journey as they uncover these secrets buried in the annals of time on Lost and Found. This is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual event is purely coincidental. You do realize we are talking about actual places, right? Uh, oh. Catch Lost and Found on NUS Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. I'm Mavis, and together with me are Ishani, Ria, Yunting, and this is Lost and Found. If you were listening last week, welcome back, and we are so glad you came back. If this is your first time here, welcome to our show, and we are happy to have you here. So, for those who are second-timers, or even the first-timers, let's do a little recap of what we talked about last week. Last week was our very first episode, so we started it off by talking about why exactly we chose to do this show on hidden gems in Singapore. We went on to get to know each other a little better and introduce ourselves to our listeners through games such as Two Truths and One Lie. After that, we continued talking about some personal experiences that we had exactly and, you know, what kind of things really inspired us to want to explore Singapore even more. We'd like to continue that this episode as well. And we sincerely hope that you enjoy it along with us. So today we are going to begin our show with talking about the theme of adventure. Alright, so what does adventure mean to y'all? So maybe for the uh, audience listening in, you guys can let us know in the comments below what adventure means to you and what you would like to uh, explore in Singapore in terms of adventure. So in the meantime, why don't we share some stories, like our own stories about what adventure means to us? Anyone got any stories to share? Well, I just think that adventure just means getting out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in the wilderness or in like situations that you've never been before and learn something new, hopefully. Yeah, I agree with Mavis. I think... To me, uh, adventure is literally just getting out of my house because I'm a really big homebody. So to get out of my house is a very big (laughs) adventure for me. But I think one of the most memorable experiences I had, uh, which I would consider as adventure, is at Forest Adventure. (laughs) So (laughs) I know it's in the name and it's... Yeah, anyway, it was for someone's birthday party and we did one of the bigger courses. And I think it was really fun because there was that essence of danger involved in it, despite the fact that I had harnesses on. And yes, I highly recommend Forest Adventure, but that's not a hidden gem in Singapore. So, you know, and most people know about it. We'll be talking about more hidden gems. Anyway, yeah, that was my adventure experience. What about you guys? 
I highly agree with you about the part about getting out of my house. It's a big chore for me. Even coming to school, that's an entire chore for me in this whole like situation. So definitely, adventure to me is just leaving my house and just exploring the surroundings and maybe the hidden stories. Like because we are, this is hidden gems, we are exploring the hidden stories behind our surroundings. Like anything that's everything around us can have different stories behind and different meanings behind it. And I think that's what makes it so interesting about adventure especially here in Singapore right yeah so I'm actually also a homebody I love staying at home and um, I think especially in Singapore the weather is always so hot so I always don't really feel like going out but my family is or they, they all love adventure so my family is the kind that um, if they see oh there's only five MRT stops they will be like oh let's walk which is um crazy <laughs> idea to me especially with the weather in Singapore but I think that kind of um attitude to really just seek um seek out the landscape in Singapore and see what uh, new things we can discover is something that um I think is really enjoyable. I do even though it's very um hot and sometimes it's very hard to navigate the routes. It's always a fun adventure with my family. Yeah. I think like our, all of our first taste of adventure was through camps in primary school, right? Oh, oh yes. yes. I remember that I remember I had a camp in primary five. It was pretty fun, although I didn't really enjoy it because the campgrounds were just filthy and disgusting. And then in secondary school, I went for another school camp. This one was so much better. It was in Sentosa. I didn't even know they had a campsite in Sentosa. And it was really nice because it was by the beach. And the High Elements course was really fun as well. But the only thing that was really disappointing was that for the first two days, it was raining. So a lot of our activities that we had to do were indoors. And obviously, it's not as fun as when you're going outside to play. But yeah, I think it was a, overall still a pretty good experience. I mean, campground still dirty, but you know, sometimes adventure is just about doing, getting yourself, <laughs> you know, sweaty and like muddy. And, and right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 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 Actually, on the note of camps, I've had my share of camps which involve so much outdoor element. So I was from a uniform group in secondary school and we had two camps every year. Uh, yeah, so basically it there was this compulsory element in it which involved this outdoor segment. So I think, I forgot what it's called, but it's basically you're supposed to use maps and clues and stuff like that and have this amazing race thing in an outdoor location. So I went from Fort Canning to the Angmokyo Bishan Park Wow. to yeah so many outdoor places and I have to say I, I disliked every minute of it <laughs> because first of all we were supposed to wear track pants and it was so hot everywhere right. we went yeah second of all it was well there were mosquitoes and stuff and generally I'm just not comfortable in nature so yeah on the on the topic of adventure being a very dirty kind of thing yeah I agree because god I hated it <laughs> oh yeah Definitely agree with the part because similar to Mavis, I actually went for secondary school camps and I was very, very thankful that my secondary school gave us two camps in secondary two and secondary three. So for secondary two, I had it in Singapore and unfortunately for me, I could not try any of the high elements because it was raining at that point in time. So I was so upset. But secondary three, again, not exactly like any high elements, but definitely much more enjoyable than secondary two because we went to Malaysia. 
for a camp. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it was a, a Kota Tinggi campsite, like a rainforest kind oh. of campsite. It was super cool. But the only thing that scared me was the rainforest trekking because we were trekking towards the waterfall. And we were trekking towards the waterfall. They were telling us stories of how like our seniors got bitten by leeches in the oh river. Oh. And it made me so scared. Like I went into, it was me like being like so chicken. I wanted to chicken out and tell them like, oh, I have some allergies and stuff like that in the rainforest. Can I don't go? And they, my teachers kept telling me, please, you can just go. Just be like, get it down and dirty like for once and just go. Then throughout the entire walk track, I was just whining and thinking like oh my god what if a leech bites me but thankfully there were no leeches and it was all in my head so don't be afraid just go out and do it don't think of all like the small little things like leeches just go and like get down and dirty in nature and have the adventure right so even though there were all of these concerns and worries and like getting down and dirty like you still enjoy your adventure Definitely enjoy. Like I, if I could go back in time, I'll definitely do it again. <laughs> I think this is like a good time for all of us to go on our venture now, since yeah. we are all <laughs> hate it. We all like sort of had a love hate relationship with going outdoor and exploring. I agree. Definitely. I agree. <laughs> Alright, so actually on that note, uh, when we're looking at how we can find some fun and nice adventure with, I guess, really nice sites. Um, so a few years back, my mom actually took me um island hopping. So I think when we think about adventure in Singapore, one of the easiest to think about is Sentosa. But Sentosa is actually just one of the many southern islands in Singapore. And it's actually a lot more than um, Kusu Island, the Sisters Islands, and uh, Sendron Islands. So I visited those and I think they were actually really fun like um there wasn't much to do but there wasn't a lot of bugs and it was a lot of nice sceneries yeah so you've been to all of the islands isn't it? yeah if i'm not wrong there's a ticket that you can purchase for to, to visit all of the islands in one day um if it's still around because it's been a few years <laughs> oh i've only heard of the one of the southern islands is actually one of singapore's only landfill singapore's only landfill which is pulau samaka i heard it's also considered southern island right Right, there's a few southern islands. Wow, guys, I've never been out of Singapore. Like, I've never even been to Pulau Ubin. Same here. Are you serious? Sentosa is the only place. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) The only island I've ever been to out of Singapore is Sentosa. And yeah, (laughs) I only knew about Pulau Ubin and Pulau Samakau, I think. Yeah, I I didn't even know about the other islands you just talked about. (laughs) And that's why our audiences need to listen to our show. (laughs) You mentioned Sister Islands. I heard of that one only because of like the old folk tale that they yeah, used to yeah. tell. I love that yeah. story. Oh, what's the story? Okay, let me find... <laughs> okay, so it was about two sisters who agreed to get married on the condition that their suitors were brothers and their mother agreed. And, uh, well, they had bad luck and their mother passed away. So they lived uh, peacefully with their uncle. And then one day, one of the sisters headed out to the village to draw water. And a group of pirates had captured her where she was drawing the water. And um, the pirate actually made her his wife when he approached her. And But she was afraid and she ran back. But he did not. That did not stop him and they followed her and was determined to marry her. So they took her by force and kidnapped her and yeah. 
Wow. And then um, I think one of the sisters followed her and they she refused to let her sister go. And so they said that they would come back and um, they would make him the wife either way. And so uh, they just went out together to the sea. And I think what happened was this, one of the sisters tried to jump into the water and then the other sister followed behind her. And that's when they sort of... It's, it's said that they sort of emerged as the islands Island. or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's a longer story. Okay, whoever knows the story better, do... Tell us and let us know because this was just a very quick read <laughs> and a very brief explanation of the story. So if anyone would like to share, please do. Wow, it's hard to believe pirates in Singapore. <laughs> I mean, I just recently watched an episode on this really infamous like Spanish pirate uh, who terrorized the coasts of Florida. So I used to think like, oh, that's so far from Singapore. But now I'm hearing how they were pirates so near us very enlightening definitely and the thought about pirates I remember there was this scene in Pirates of the Caribbean I don't remember which one but one of the pirates he was in Singapore and they went to see him in Singapore because he was like a contact in the movie and when he emerged like his opening scene he was like welcome to Singapore in this very grand gesture of it and it was like so amazing and that gave us like some context oh me some context um there's pirates in Singapore but definitely the actions of what he did like us forcing her to marry her I'm so relented I want to marry you I think that will get you a restraining order into this context <laughs> Uh, thank goodness our current societies uh have have good laws. Yeah, but I think uh, the Sisters Island is really a story of like two um sisters and their love for each other. So it's quite it's quite interesting to hear of all these old folk tales. So actually um Kusu Island also has its own legend. Mm. So um in Kusu Island uh, it's actually also known as Tortoise Island and the legend was that um, there were Malay and Chinese fishermen who were drowning due to their shipwreck and they were saved by a giant giant tortoise. So two, the two sailors uh, return to the island every year to make offerings and give thanks. So that's why if you visit Kusu Island, you can actually see a, you can see a Chinese temple and you can also see a Malay shrine. So it's very, very nice. Yeah. There is actually so much history behind all of these islands. It'll be really fun for all of us to check it out, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yes, we should set aside one day to go and visit all the islands together. Yes. Yes. Hopefully there'll be time though, <laughs> with all the work coming in. And oh, stuff. yes. But there's always time for adventure. Yeah, we will <laughs> always need some breaks. Yeah, and actually, um, so maybe islands might be a bit hard to visit when we're all so busy. So do you guys have any adventures or places that we can visit within mainland Singapore? Uh, well, for me, I actually discovered this place uh, recently because you guys know of Pongo Waterway. Yes, yeah. I frequent that place. Oh, then do you visit the Lorong Halus wetlands? No. <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah, there was this place, the Lorong Halus Wetlands, which is located in the Pongo Waterway. It's like there's literally a connection there. And it's, the scenery is amazing. Like, it's really, really very aesthetic. And I just also, like, after finding out the history and such, it actually used to be a former landfill as well. And before Pulau Samako was open. And after 
the Pulau Samaka was open, they 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 closed, they actually closed um Lorong Halus wetlands and turned it into this wetlands where there's also like stormwater management. So it's kind of like they collect rainwater and turn it into like something beneficial for the environment, which I think is really cool. And since it's like within Singapore, you don't have to take a boat to travel out. I think it's like definitely a time where you, you can definitely find time to just go down to Pongo and see it. And maybe I think you should go as well. Like since you visit Pongo often, right? Yeah, I've actually never heard of that place until you mentioned it. Even though I've been to Pongo lots of times. But usually when I go to Pongo, I go there with friends to cycle and to eat. But we've never really explored out of that cycling route before. So we usually cycle from Haogang all the way to Waterway Point, And then we go in for a quick bite and continue all the way back. So yeah, that was really interesting. I never knew that there was this... Um, hidden place in Pongo that I've never even heard of before. Actually, is yeah, it's quite hidden. I was quite surprised to hear about it as well. And then when when you go into the Lorong Halus Wet, then there's actually this really nice red bridge that connects it from Pongo Waterway to the Long Harlow's Wetlands. And it's just a really nice like walk any nice walk down the bridge and then you get a very nice scenic view of the river as well. Oh, I know I think I know what bridge you're talking about. I never really crossed it because like I heard stories of wild boars and stuff like that. So I never really dared to cross. <laughs> Rest assured, there's nothing to worry about if, as long as you take the right precautions. You know, all these adventures, they make me think how, <laughs> how deprived I am of that. I mean, I think, okay, I blame it primarily on the fact that I am very lazy and I don't like leaving my house and I'm a very, very serious Eastie. Like I def I don't like leaving the East. So even traveling to school, it's like being in a completely foreign country for me. The closest I have ever come to adventure in Singapore, I think, would be MacRitchie Reservoir. I I mentioned this last week. And it was a it was a unique experience with my family. I'm not gonna say I loved it because I definitely did not like the sweating and the sun and all that. But one of the best parts of that entire trip that my family and I took was there's this bridge I think like we hiked up and there was a bridge connecting two places it was a very long bridge and just forget about the bridge I mean that's not the most important thing the important thing was we saw monkeys there and they were walking on the reading of the bridge and they were watching us as we walked and I got so scared that they would grab my backpack and go away with it because I had food inside so yeah I was concerned that the monkeys would go away with it so yes see I I've had experiences with wildlife I met wild monkeys so that's right yes achievement unlocked is it yes for me <clears throat> I've only ever been to Marichi Reservoir to kayak I never oh. actually well I've jogged through there once but it was just like a one-time thing. But most of the time when I go there, I go there to kayak because, you know, water's more fun. Oh, no, no. Water sports terrify me. I, <laughs> I'm i not a fan of water sports. Like your jet ski. Ah, yes. Oh, the yes, jet ski yes. story. <laughs> so, listeners, if you haven't tuned in to episode one, you can tune in to hear about Ishani's jet ski adventure as well. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> you asked for this, okay? So this happened in Batam. Yes, in Batam when I was about 13 years old. And you have to be 13 to ride a jet ski, but I was a few months from turning 13. So anyway, the guy there, he said, yeah, sure, you can ride a jet ski because it seemed pretty easy. We just had to push a button and ride the jet ski. So that's exactly what I did. I had my sister sitting behind me and a lifeguard sitting behind us. 
So I pushed the button and I don't know what I was thinking. I think it was like an instinctive gut thing, which was bad because I immediately turned the jet ski to the left and we weren't even that far out into sea. So yeah, I turned it into the left and that kind of overturned the whole jet ski. Yeah, and actually all of us were fine. You know, it wasn't really a traumatic experience so much as it was like, I am never going to ride a jet ski again. Yeah, so... Yes, that was the the mishap I had. But that's actually not the reason why I don't enjoy water sports. Really? I just find it really uncomfortable. Like, I think the one the time that I actually developed this entire phobia, I guess, of water sports was when I was in a ferry from Batam back to Singapore and I could see the sea and the sky in the span of one minute. And it was so scary. I was, I was holding on to my hand rest. So yes, listeners, that is... Essentially, the story of my jet ski mishap. <laughs> it seems like you have a lot of mishaps in the water, yes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I generally try to avoid it, yes. Understandable. Okay, so it seems like we are coming to the we, we are coming to a break time now. So in the meantime, so thanks for tuning in. We are going to take a break now. So yeah, we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this segment and be sure to stay tuned for more. Welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS, and you're listening to Lost and Found. Well, right now we're about to begin our second segment where we are going to talk about food and culture. That's right. So you would remember from last week how we talked about wanting to explore many different aspects of Singapore. So definitely adventure is one of them, given how active Singaporeans are. I mean, i I'm not included in this group of Singaporeans, of course, but there are there's definitely been a rise in number of active Singaporeans, which is why adventure was one of the first things we wanted to talk about. I think another thing that really makes Singapore so unique as a tourist destination is the cultural diversity we have here. And then, of course, the most popular thing about us, our food. There's um, a lot of interesting things there as well. And we actually have a very rich history as well. Which is why we are going to be basing most of the places we talk about around adventure, history, food and culture, all of which tie together and give you a beautiful picture of just how awesome Singapore is. Very well explained, Ishani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's so much to explore in Singapore, right? And I think culture and history is so important because especially with all of these developments, a lot of uh, people um, looking to uh, modernize. I think it's quite important for us to revisit our culture and history. And as Ishani said just now, there's actually so much uh, culture to explore in Singapore because there's such a rich diversity. So yeah, what what do you guys know about culture and history places in Singapore? Uh, for me personally, I'm more of a history than a cultural person. But if you talk about culture, maybe the the ethnic enclaves like you know Kampung Glam Chinatown especially Chinatown I love going to Chinatown because um, for one thing the food there is quite amazing as well like one of the places that I've been to my friend recommended it's so amazing I do not remember the name of the place my friend just takes me there and because everything's in Mandarin and my Mandarin is super horrible she does all the ordering for our friend group so yeah definitely the food is one thing that I love about our culture how about you guys? okay so I think the places that I've really properly explored, I'd say are Little India and Arab Street. Little India is more like 
we go during the festive season to purchase all the fireworks and and decorations and things like that. And just being there among the crowd in in those places. Firstly, it does, okay, it does two things to me. It frustrates me to no end because I absolutely hate being being surrounded and touched right by so many random people I don't even know. But another thing it shows me is that like really there's so many things that we have to celebrate uh, here. And just being there among all these other people who are also shopping for the same purpose as all of us, it, I, I guess it serves to, it shows me that there's a lot to be thankful for here. In Arab Street, I love eating the food. Oh my God, I love the food there. It's amazing. I recommend this restaurant. It's called Beirut Grill and it is amazing. It's so good. I am a very, very picky eater. So yeah, for first timers, you should know I'm a very picky eater. Uh, and <laughs> you can hear about my selective eating habits in the first episode. Anyway, Beirut Grill was the only Middle Eastern restaurant where I ate everything without complaining. <laughs> so I really love that place. But yeah, um, I think uh, I went to the the big mosque there at Arab Street. That was in primary school. And I remember it was so beautiful. And nowadays, I, I admire it from outside, but the architecture hasn't changed. It's very beautiful. And again, the fact that you've had so many religious places of like worship in Singapore shows our cultural diversity. <laughs> I think regarding... Eth- ethnic enclaves definitely been to quite a few I've been to Chinatown I've been to Little India and one of my places is also Arab Street but also and Haji Lane which is like not too far from there Haji Lane because there's so many good halal certified foods there and I have um, some Muslim friends that we and we usually go out a lot together so that is one of the places that we frequently go to because they have good and a little bit pricey food, but it's food that we all enjoy to eat. And not to mention, Haji Lane has lots of small businesses and antique shops. You can find a lot of weird and strange games and art and toys along that street. And also a lot of fashion and jewellery as well. So I really love walking down. And the murals on the walls are like gorgeous. And I just love going to that place. And the nightlife there, it was really fun before covid and you know China and speaking of Chinatown, um, as we moved to Chinatown that is, um, I actually went there uh a lot when I was younger because my grandparents love to go there and they love to eat the food at Chinatown complex. And I recently went there to film my PW video, which is like a project work presentation video, and it was like pretty fun. I had a I had a good time. Um, eating all the hawker food there as well because my project was actually on tourism so we were sort of putting ourselves in the shoes of tourists and going around to all these ethnic enclaves and exploring a little bit more and actually if we walk further down from Chinatown we'll reach you know Kyungsek Street which is a place that has really good food as well have you all been? No. no. Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot of bakeries there. There's the Kyungsek Bakery and they serve really good French pastries. And actually, my one of my uncles owns a restaurant along the street. So we could wow. we could go there together oh, sometime and try. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that sounds so interesting. Sounds yeah. so cool. So cool. I'm and hungry. I'm feeling really hungry now. <laughs> he, his restaurant has really good scallops. But I... Wow. I'm not, well... Uh, but, you know... 
Food is food. Yeah, so. well, they have pretty good vegetables there. So oh yes, yeah, the vegetable vegetables. Dishes. There's something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. it's oh. actually our lunch time now, so we are all sounding very hungry. Yeah, and oh, speaking of um, when you mentioned Little India, mm-hmm. I actually usually go there to do eyebrow threading. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because apparently they have like the best and like the most affordable ones there. They they do. There's a lot of things at Little India. I mean, uh, I'm guilty of not really knowing it that well because it's been a while since I've been there. But I know they have a lot of those beauty parlor places yeah. there, and. The henna making place is also very nice. Yes, there. I love doing henna. <laughs> yeah. I remember when my neighbor was getting married and we were all involved in the wedding. We went, they were helping me do the henna, but oh, they also brought uh-huh. me to Little India to try, you know, the different uh-huh, dresses uh, yeah, so that yeah. we oh, could like be okay. fit for the occasion. And the family especially will go <laughs> yes. together sometimes. And oh, it's amazing. Like but, the snacks and everything. Yeah, oh wow, I love the food that there is during Diwali. Honestly, Deepavali or Diwali, whichever way you call it, it's really just, it's a festival of lights, but it's also a festival of food. Such good food is made when you're visiting your relatives and things like that. You know, you've got sweet dishes, of course. That is the customary thing. But then you also have the feasts that you prepare. So, you know, sometimes you have regular lunch crowds with you, that kind of thing. But on the note of Little India, it was actually made, modelled after India. Of course, because Little India, India. So... Uh, this is from my own experience. When my uncle was getting married, then uh, this was in India. So they have these entire, these giant like four or five story boutiques, right? Each story has different clothing for like different demographics of people. So we were choosing these clothes that we would be wearing. And it's really cool there because it's like, they're all stacked up in shelves, these clothes. And you basically stand in the middle. Uh, it's all floor seating and the floor is covered in cushions. And once you've tried on your clothing, you just stand there and everyone will like scrutinize your clothes. And okay, I'm not exactly making this sound very comfortable. What I mean to say is it's a really nice shopping experience there. And Little India has a lot of these garment shops and really nice garments as well. Again, I haven't been there in a very long time. So there's that. But I know that uh, the reason why we go there most often is because of um, (coughs) Mustafa Shopping (laughs) Centre. Yes, <laughs> Mustafa. Oh my god, I have not been there in a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, ever since the COVID cluster there. So, yeah, again, I think I would have definitely gone there very often if not for the coronavirus. <laughs> I think because of the COVID um, mm-hmm. whole pandemic, I haven't really been to all of these places in a really long time. So in the past, I like to visit Chinatown a lot because I think uh, Chinatown and Little India, they sell a lot of these childhood toys that we uh, don't really play with anymore. And it's so nice to just go there and buy some things back and just play with it and remember how sim- how simple times were when we were still kids. Yeah, and for Chinatown, I think there's really so much food. So um, uh, I visited there with my sister before and we just tried to have a food day and there was just so much food that we couldn't even get through like lunchtime because we ordered so much. Yeah, and I think um also um for me um when it comes to culture, I really like to explore like religious places. I think a lot of temples are really beautiful and they're really worth a visit. Yeah, so um yeah, definitely um I think there's a lot to explore. And personally, I would like to know a 
bit more about what food that is because I always visit these uh, cultural places but I'm not really familiar with a lot of food and I always need my friends to drag me to food places. So when I visited Haji Lane, I needed my friend to actually introduce me to Haji Lane and then I discovered, oh, there's actually this whole mural there and we can take so many nice photos there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because about the part on Chinatown adding on because... You know, last time, do you have in like primary school or secondary school, like the school will bring you to Chinatown mm. for school at school? Yeah, primary school. Yes, oh my god. Like literally every time they brought us there and it made me so sick of it. Every time, like, because other schools will be going to like some other nice places, then every time they would tell us, oh, you need to learn about your culture and heritage. <laughs> Let's go to Chinatown. I'll be so sick of it at that point in time. But secondary school, me did not understand that, like how sick how significant like our culture is, like how these ethnic enclaves are very significant to our culture. So it's like definitely going to Chinatown as just a normal visitor, not as part of a school excursion, is definitely much more enjoyable. In a sense, because you get to explore it on your own, like taste the culture, taste the culture, taste the food <laughs> and the culture. I mean, I love culture, but tasting the culture sounds a bit too far-fetched. <laughs> Yeah, but tasting a food, experiencing the culture through like the landscape as well as the buildings and everything is just really very amazing. Like not just in Chinatown, like in Kampung Glam, Little India. Mm -hmm. Like definitely, I hope like I can explore more and I hope that the situation, the COVID situation kind of like, what is the COVID (laughs) situation kind of dies down a little so that will be much safer to explore because I really miss exploring all these enclaves Mm. and learning more about our culture here. The thing about culture and histories you can't really separate those things because they're actually inextricably linked our history uh you know as a as a nation is what defines our modern day culture despite the fact that yeah we have adopted a lot of modern attitudes and values but i still feel like our culture really is strong and that is seen through the prominence of these places in our lives it's not that none of us have ever been to any of these places and Whenever tourists come, they always visit these places because it's something that is considered a landmark in Singapore. And the fact that we, you know, we are talking about these places again goes on to show the richness of the culture and history of Singapore, which I think is one of the main reasons why we decided that this is an important topic to talk about in exploring the place we live in. Yeah, and I think speaking more about culture, it's like it's not just, you know, food that represents the culture but it can mm-hmm. be seen in so many different things from architecture yeah. to um, design to Art fashion yeah. like embroidery as well and there's so many things that falls under this huge umbrella of culture and I think it also goes a bit f- a step further to talk about you know how we live our lives as people like the cultures that we have as Singaporeans like you know even hawker food culture and yeah, our like kiasu mentality and all those <laughs> oh, yeah. is everything is just um everything falls under this umbrella and it's so rich and just so many things to explore yeah I agree all these different cultures they come together to form a unique Singaporean culture at least for the way I live it's like you know it's a mix of the different kinds of cultures that we see in Singapore yeah, and we often don't realize how how we don't pay attention to yeah. these kind of things, <laughs> yes. but yet it makes up such a big part of our identity. Yeah, exactly. Actually, all these small details. So even we don't say like we are not in tune in our culture, but culture is like all around us. Like there's so much culture that's surrounding us, and I think that maybe we can just take a step back one day and just take a look at all the culture in our surroundings. Yeah, I think we always visit all these cultural places, usually only during the. 
a festival. So like Chinese New Year, then we'll go to Chinatown, Deepa Valley, then we'll go to Little India. But yeah, we can actually, we have so much to explore and we can actually just explore these in our, uh, wherever we have a break and just enjoy um, learning about Singapore instead of waiting for all these festivals to come by and when prices of all these food are actually more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so speaking of another break, speaking of a break, we are going for another break. We are not going to explore the places right now. We are just going to take a little rest. So in the meantime, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS, and this is Lost and Found. This is our final segment of today, and we are about to talk about our favorite thing, food. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I think we can all collectively agree that we all love food, right? Yes, that is a unanimous decision. <laughs> want to know actually a really funny story. So one of the person, like one of my friends, she told me that she doesn't like food. She just knows that you have to eat it to survive, but she doesn't make a big deal out of it. And I was shocked because how do you not like love food that you would go out and try all sorts of kinds of foods? Oh. That's just so crazy to me. How so she only sees food as an essential for living. Yeah, she she eats to live. But so many of us live to eat. But has she tried good food or is she just eating bad food? She's actually really a really big foodie like she goes around and she tries all sorts of kind of food but she says that she she's fine if she doesn't eat good food she just needs it to live and that is just the strangest thing to me I think that for any person it's important to have a balance between both of those you know to live to eat and eat to live you know there's a need for a balance but that is just extreme yeah <laughs> It sounds so sad, you know, like you don't like food, but food is such an important part of our identity, especially here in Singapore. Like we have such a huge hawker culture. Definitely. Yes, hawker food is so good. Oh, can I admit something? I have never eaten at a hawker centre before. I was just about to say the same thing. Like I've never been to those really popular ones. I've never been to a single one. But you like, have eaten hawker food? Okay, what is hawker food? You know those usual chakwetiao, carrot rice. cake, chicken rice. The okay, I'd say uh as a vegetarian, right? Um, the only thing that I think I think uh does not you know it that con- considered as like hawker food is ban mian, right? Yeah. But I ate that in my JC cafeteria, so I don't know if it's yeah. Uh, but I think it still counts though, cause it is still a hawker food, yeah. Like, I love hawker food, but I've never, like, eaten at a hawker center. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I probably have, but it's, like, a really short in-and-out trip. Mm-hmm. I've never, like, sat yeah. there for like, a whole day. I've never deliberately went out to the different hawker centers before. But I know of the good hawker centers and the good food that they have there. i just never been. Usually, be- usually because when I was younger... Um, I used to have very bad reactions to heat. Uh-huh. Like when it's hot, I would just right. break out in rashes. Mm-hmm. So my parents would try to keep me indoors as yeah. much as possible. And one reason why um the hawker centers is just not a good option because it's hot. And unless yeah. there's like really good ventilation, I would probably, you know, break out into rashes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think for me, I I accompanied my friends to a hawker center, watch them buy food, watch them eat it. But my eye really was caught by the birds and pigeons flying around. I was so concerned that they'd like, I don't know, excrete on our food. So 
yeah, I think that's another uh, concern that I've had about eating uh, out. But on that note, I really do want to try mala because I'm a, I love chili. Oh, it's so good. I really want to try mala. You have not tried mala. I've only tried the McDonald's mala shaker fries. <gasps> and oh, that too... That too, I took like three pieces because my mom and sister were sharing it and they were like, you can't have this. So anyway, I took like three pieces of fries and I loved the mala. But I know that's not the actual mala. I really want to try the actual mala. The actual mala. mala is so much better. You can see like my face right now behind this mask. It's just <laughs> literally in shock. Like, to the audiences who are, can't really see us, everybody's audibly gasping. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess after... Mala only became really popular and known to me last year when it was coronavirus. Then at that time, I was told, like, my family were just like, you know, let's try to avoid outside food. But now that it's becoming more and more apparent that coronavirus doesn't really want to leave, I'm just like, you know, just live with it. So I really want to try mala. I think, wait, I think I've eaten at a hawker centre before. Do you guys know that, wait, is the Vivo City hawker centre counted? Like, there's a, there's a food... Okay, from the looks on everyone's faces, it seems that it's not counted. Yeah. Isn't that Food Republic? Yeah, that's a food, oh, a food court. I don't, it's the food one court. I don't remember what it's called, but I bought food from there and I it, ate food from there. Wait, hold on. Is it the one on level 3 next to the Sentosa Express or is it like another hawker centre? It, it's it's in Vivo City. <laughs> I, no, I no. no oh it's, just a, <laughs> it's just a normal food court. It's just a modern yeah. interpretation of a hawker centre. Okay. It's not the same. I was so wrong. <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> Are you speaking of mala? I also um only got introduced to mala late 2019 mm-hmm. because um my parents and I we weren't really like we didn't see it as a big deal. But then there was this new mala store that opened right next to our house, and we were wondering why there was such a big deal about it. Like there was queues and everything. So one day we decided to go and try, and we realized, oh my gosh, it's actually so good. It's unhealthy. But it's good. And yeah. just the spices and the flavours. It's a worthy sacrifice. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> okay, for me, I actually got introduced to mala when I went to Polytechnic. So it's like because I was from Tamasic Poly and Tamasic Poly has a huge mala culture. They are literally, okay, there are like two restaurants. There are just two mala stores alone at the School of Engineering. And then outside, you have at least another two mala stores like opposite school. So there are four mala stores for you to choose from. It's like free for all. So honestly, if you're from Tamasic Poly, I think you guys, if you're tuning in, you guys are super lucky. You all have so many mala choices to choose from. I think for me, I've always... I think I've known mala for a, kind of like a pretty long time because my family is from Taiwan and known in Taiwan there's all of these street uh, street food, all of these night markets and there's just so much food and I think it's a bit more, uh, it's kind of similar to the um, hawker centre culture where you just eat out and you have all of these different plates. So um, I think my family has always been uh, one that visits hawker centre and there's a lot of hawker centres near my house. Um, so uh, definitely with the pandemic it's been a bit harder to visit them but uh, I think the food is still so unique so not just mala I think um, for example chicken rice that's something that actually you can't find in China because my dad works in China and he loves chicken rice so much and he has tried so hard to <laughs> find like a version of chicken rice in, in China and it just doesn't live up to the ones that we have in Singapore oh. 
And uh, I just want to say that it's just so interesting how, you know, Singapore is just like this melting pot of culture. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like our topic of culture earlier, that all our food just draws different inspiration yeah. from different cultures and it comes out as something so unique and like so delicious yes. at the same time. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so hungry. I mentioned, <laughs> yes, I'm so hungry. I'm just, I'm thinking of what mala would actually taste like and I'm so hungry. Yeah. So, anyway. I just hope that, you know, when you finally try it, it will live up to your expectations. Yes. I'm sure it will. Because there, sure there will. are some bad mala out there. Yeah. You gotta choose the right ones. Okay. You must go to a certain restaurant. Only certain restaurants will The serve. long queues. Okay, yeah, listeners, if you're listening, do drop comments and recommend good mala outlets because I really want to try mala. <laughs> uh, back to our topic of food. Yes. <coughs> yes we so, digress a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> right off the top of your head, what are your favourite foods or, you know, cuisine? Oh, uh, okay. So, mine is Italian. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I love Italian. I love pizzas. I love pastas. I love, I love all that. I love all of it. It's so nice. Like my favorite restaurant is Pasta Mania. It's so good. Wow, wow. <laughs> it's affordable and delicious. So I love Pasta Mania. <laughs> I think the comment is the comment section is up for debate on Pasta Mania. <laughs> yeah, I do not agree. I only go I do to, not agree. <laughs> yeah, I only go to Pasta Mania because it's the only option there mm, at that time. Same, same, same. It's like if I want to treat myself to good Italian food, I'll go to like a restaurant maybe in town for the good Italian stuff. Mm-hmm. I do personally do not think Pasta Mania is like that good, but it's okay. <laughs> Just maybe not my style. What other Italian restaurants do you recommend? Okay, there was one Italian restaurant that I saw on Deliveroo because of COVID. We've been ordering in. So mm-hmm. my mom found it on Deliveroo and it's located somewhere in town. And they have like really good pesto. I don't remember the name. Maybe I should go ask my mom <laughs> when I get home. So viewers, if you know a good Italian restaurant in town with pesto, please drop it in the comment section because for the life of me, I do not remember the name. But it's so good. They have like very good pesto as well as like they have also risotto. They have pizza. They have all like sorts of Italian cuisines. And I think personally for the price point, it's like 14, 20, 14 plus to 20 plus dollars. I personally think it's quite worth for the like for the price that you're paying the taste is quite worth it so yeah definitely so if you, you guys viewers if you don't know please drop the name please do, do me a favor and help me out i love italian food mm-hmm. as well it's just it's so amazing i actually i actually love italian food so much that i tried to remember all the names for different kinds of pasta and you know there's just like so many different kinds but one of my favorite Italian food besides you know the dessert because I'm a huge dessert person I love gnocchi it's amazing when you put it in brown butter sauce it's just oh it's just heaven it's chef's kiss I just love it and speaking of Italian restaurants there's actually one good one at Duxton Hill called Doc it has like oven um, those special pizza ovens that make like oh. pizza on spot and they also have like gnocchi ravioli and all sorts of different kinds of pastas and risottos for you to try that it's sounds... just oh I just I love Italian food that and sounds amazing another cuisine that I like is actually German food special connection to me because uh, in my la- on the the year before uh, the whole COVID hit I actually went to Germany with my school and it was just the best experience I had in my life because I I actually got to stay with a 
local German and we became such good friends. We actually still keep in touch to today. And one of my favorite things was when we went to all those Christmas markets mm-hmm. and flea markets to try all their food. And I just love, I love the schnitzels and I love the pork knuckle. I think it's a pork knuckle that is just, oh, it's so amazing. And they have really nice, this, bread and pastries as well they have this special donut that's called like I think a Berliner Mm -hmm. and it's a donut but somehow it's better and I just don't (laughs) know what it was like the weather or what it was but it just it was just so good and the drinks are amazing as well they have like this special milk orchid honey thing where they put a little cinnamon on top and it's just so much better than hot chocolate and it's so underrated so something yes, oops. German food. Something's better than hot chocolate. Yeah, I was <laughs> shocked as well. I was like, I went to a flea market with my friend and she's called Annika and she said, mm-hmm. oh, do you want to try this? Um, It's like a special kind of drink that they make this. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I, I, I was I was like, sure, I've never seen this before, but in my mind, just thinking, hot chocolate, hot chocolate. But I tried yeah. it and I was like, hot chocolate was just wiped from my mind. Oh. I was like, my mind was only thinking of that thing. Oh, and it so good. Yeah, it was. And it's just one of the best experiences I had. And I was so glad that I was able to go there mm-hmm. before, you know, this whole thing happened. Yeah. And also, I also got to go to Thailand the same year right mm-hmm. after that. And Thai food is just yes. amazing so as well. Pad I love Thai. I love Pad Thai. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Thai food is quite easy to find in Singapore. But can you actually find German food here? There is a... It's kind of a very... It's kind of expensive. It's at Boat Key. There's a burger restaurant, German burger restaurant. Oh, wow. Oh, I think Hans Eimberg. Yeah, yeah. Hans Eimberg. Right. You know, oh, it's oh. actually, you can actually find it in Germany as well. And it's also oh. a restaurant. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the good German food places is a little bit more pricey because, you know, it's just a bit more rare. But I tried, re- um, earlier this year, I actually had a staycation and um, there was this bar that we used to go to a lot called... Um, Paulana's and they have pretty authentic German food and you can order platters of things so you have like the pork knuckle you have the special um, sausages and everything and it's all in one plate and you also have a dessert platter where they comes all the sorts of German desserts as well and before COVID uh, struck they actually had live performance starting from 9pm mm-hmm. so we used to stay to watch to watch the performance till about eleven, and then we would go home, <gasps> and it's just really fun because the finger food plus the atmosphere is really nice. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Actually, on the note of like another cuisine, I really love Mexican food. Yes. Oh, I love Mexican food. I love nachos. I love quesadillas. I love tacos. it all. It's so nice. Yes, tacos. It's amazing. Burritos and all that. Yeah. I really love Mexican food. It's like, it's just so nice. I. What my favorite Mexican restaurant, it's um located in the East Coast. Uh it's called Comida Mexicana. Oh, I've yeah, never heard of that yeah, before. It, it used to be called before. Margarita. So just I think two years ago it changed names. Oh. Anyway, I love the food there. And okay, on the note of pasta mania, right? That's not the only Italian restaurant I eat at. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's your favorite. You say it was your I favorite. I mean, yeah, it is my favorite because I've been eating there since I was like a child. But you know, <laughs> There's some other restaurants in Singapore. There's Lopreta Pizzeria. Pizzeria, yeah, in Katong, I think. Yeah, it's that has those brick ovens where mm-hmm. you make pizzas on the spot. And I think one of the places that really, you know, reminded me that I love Italian food. It's not in Singapore. It's a restaurant called Trinity's and it's in Australia, in Sydney and Melbourne. And it's oh, it's amazing. 
we ate at the Darling Harbour uh, outlet outlet yeah restaurant of Quinity's and I fell in love with the food we had dinner there every day for the four five days we were in Sydney that's so funny you say that because the best Italian food that I had was also in Sydney when I went there really really we could be just talking about the same place Quinity's maybe <laughs> it's so good I just it- know it was pretty near my hotel yeah, I, I we walked from our hotel to Darling Harbour. It's at Darling Harbour. Yeah, what if what if it was the same place? <laughs> Maybe it was. I think I if I recall correctly, that was the only Italian restaurant there. There was a um a Mexican restaurant nearby. There was an Italian restaurant. So we chose to eat at the Italian restaurant and oh we did not regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for me, uh, personally, I really like Vietnamese food. Like, I personally think like pho, banh mi, all these is like so amazing. And also, fun fact is because before COVID started, I actually got the chance to go to Vietnam with my friend because she's Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. So we went to see her family. So it's a more like personalized travel experience. Yeah, just right before the borders closed. And she <sighs> took us all around like Ho Chi Minh City with all like these places that usually the locals go to and like the ones that the locals go to not the tourist track ones is like so much better like the fur is like so super affordable and super amazing and the meat is so tender they even ask you for your doneness of your beef like do you want it like oh. well done or medium rare and I was so shocked I thought um, I'm just ordering fur I'm not ordering steak <laughs> I was so confused when the server asked yeah but in Singapore itself Singapore has actually really good Vietnamese cuisine as well because I think we have quite a significant beef Vietnam population here in Singapore because there's this restaurant um, at Lavender near a Lavender MRT it's just like a few minute walk away it's called Super Nong Noodle Cafe like it's her husband and his Vietnamese wife they run it so it's like a fur restaurant and the fur there is super amazing like oh my god I keep using what amazing cause it's really that amazing <laughs> like fur is really that like chef's kiss and also is because um is ha- because the wife is from Hanoi so it's a more of a Hanoi style kind of fur so it's like they have different kinds of fur that's Hanoi style so definitely is Super Nong Cafe at a uh, near Lavender MRT you should definitely go and try if you have the chance yeah, it sounds like more authentic because there are people who actually know um the cuisine that they're cooking and I think it's always this kind of food that tastes really nice so um I really like Thai food and Actually, I didn't like Thai food when I was younger and what changed was that I visited Krabi when there's actually a lot of these street uh, vendors that um, sell all of these different food. And when I was eating at these more local, more, um, I think, less touristy places, the Thai food then just tasted so much better and so, it was just so, so amazing as well. And yeah, so that, that started um, making me like Thai food and actually, um, bad, um, like I think last year or just a few, few years back there was actually a Thai food um, in U-Town and it's no longer there it used to be in our food court and it was so good and I'm so sad that they removed it because it was actually affordable Thai food okay, so have you found any Thai food like outside outside of U-Town or anywhere like in Singapore like um, any good ones I think for me I mostly just go to Nakhon so it's quite basic if anyone has more uh, unique recommendations please feel free to share <laughs> Nakhon is actually really near my house I can just walk there wow so good <laughs> yeah Hmm, I actually I, live in a place where there's lots of food. There's mala, there's Thai uh, food, there's lots of ice cream places, there's also oh. Taiwanese dessert. So yes, come to Haogang. The kind of Thai food that I've eaten in my family, it's uh, Eroi Thai. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a restaurant. Yes, I have. Eroi Thai. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
My family has always liked Thai food more than I have. My family has always liked food more than I have because I, again, very, very picky. So even my pasta would have like no vegetables. Anyway, so they really like Eroy Thai. Yeah, that's like one of the places they like. Uh, yeah. You know, we've talked about so many, so many different types of foods. And what really strikes me is that Singapore has all of this available. I think that's so interesting. And I really want to explore it all. Really yes, want to try it all. Definitely. Yes. It's like because for the first two episodes, we have talked so many things about Singapore, not just about food. We talk about the culture here, the history, and so many places in Singapore that you can go to experience all these various themes. And for now, like we are going, we are going to go experience it and we want you to experience this with us. So if you've got any interesting places that you want us to visit or talk about, just leave it down in the comment section. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to Lost and Found and tuning in. We hope to see you next time. And until then, this is Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Bye. 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 Thank you.